We're live. Okay, baby. It's good to, just good got to see everybody. Nice to see everyone. Good evening. Um, so, uh, you fill your car up today? Okay, now this is... Drives to the rain. <laughs> yeah. Um, people are lined up to get gas. Yeah. Uh, because the Colonial Pipeline got hacked or something? Or, or, or something like that. It's the bad. what? Ransomed. Oh, wow. That's great. Oh, I thought it was the North Atlantic Trout again. Oh, the, yeah. Well, <laughs> I it, just swam right up in there. Well, if the gators don't get you, the, <laughs> the trout will. Um, it's, uh, no, um, people apparently, there's pictures all over the internet of filling up their yeah. different cans yeah. to try to get it, uh, you yeah. know, gasoline in it. Yeah. I saw one picture of people filling up, they looked like... Ziploc bags with gasoline. Yeah, like <laughs> there was one with uh, giant trash bags. Yeah, giant trash like bags. Leaf bags. I mean, it's like what a, in the back of a car. What is wrong with people? First of all, how far are you going to get with that? So what? Hey. You got more gas than the rest of us. So someplace by what? Next Tuesday, you run out of gas. How far did you how get? How much gas do you use? Where'd you go? Where do you want to be? <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest, it's, it's just crazy. Uh, on whether it's toilet paper, gasoline, yeah. uh, Dodge, what's it called? Something coin? Doge. Doge coin, Bitcoin, <laughs> whatever it is. You know, whatever yeah. Elon Musk says, apparently, you know. Oh, man. So, yeah, um, yeah so I, I, didn't, I didn't get any gas, you know. And you, of uh, the vehicle you drive, oh, isn't, yeah. isn't exactly one that would be considered efficient. No, no, I, I'm sporting like, as long as nobody's in the car with me, I, I, if they're not in the car with me, I'm getting 12 miles to the gallon. Yeah. If I'm towing something, yeah. I think I get three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Easy. yeah. The thing almost just goes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with those tires and that amount of... Yeah, that lift, that V8. all that stuff, oh, yeah. you yeah. got to have it though. Yeah. That's why, I mean, if, if you can't pay the price... You don't you don't drive the car, man. No, that's right. So that's right. You've calculated all this. It's all. Oh, it's a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. You know, I had a guy walk out of church a couple of weeks ago. We had had some time to talk afterwards, mm -hmm. and he was pulling out of the parking lot. Yeah. And he said, "Let me guess, you drive that vehicle over there?" Mm -hmm. And I said, "Yeah, that's right, man. That's right." It was like it, it's a motif. I don't know about you guys. I if you probably drive your car because you drive your car. And it's a car. That's all it is. It's a car. I love, I love the artistic. A to B. Just yeah, get A just to B. Yeah, points. All that matters. It's reliable. It's like, how many of you guys, uh, you drive the particular car you drive purely for economics? Uh, okay. So, what, what are you driving? I'll tell you whether or not you are or not. <laughs> <laughs> a Prius? <laughs> what are you driving? A Prius. Okay, he's driving a CRV. Okay, first of all, he's picked Honda, which is a highly reliable, yeah, I mean, one of the reliable. tops. And then yeah. he picked two of the top models. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they're good vehicles. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wouldn't be embarrassed in either one of those. Yeah, but you'd have to modify them. I'd have to modify You got a lift kit on that CRV, right? <laughs> you can't just drive the is CRV. It all, please tell me it's all-wheel drive. Is it all-wheel it is. Okay, thank well, you. There you, go. thank you. There you go. No, CRV really is a fantastic vehicle. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's great. Um, anybody else uh, drive their car? Pick their car because of something other than economics. You picked it because it looked cool, because it's fast. Come on, 
Come on. Anybody? Denise's car is pretty cool. She yeah. got that little Lexus. Yeah, she got that little, uh, what's, what model is that? The, the NX200? UX200. Oh, yeah, utility. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. you got the F-Sport version or the, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, nice. you don't get F-Sport unless you're looking yeah. a little something, something. We know the Franklins you know? drive. They're way yeah. behind us over there. She could say all day long she wants to, you know, I'm just being conservative. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, no. Okay. Yeah. It, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a nice no, car. We know, we know. Uh, the Franklins, they, do you still drive the Sequoias? No. They, no? they got to no, tell they're you they're like ride. super cool. Oh. Tell them what. Tell them what you drive. What you get? Telluride. They're in the Telluride. Yeah. Hey, now. Kia. Oh, for safety. For safety. The, yeah, yeah, the Telluride. I mean, highly rated. The yeah. two years that it's been S- out. Did you get the SX? Because that's the one on the commercials where they're chasing horses. Are you still driving <laughs> a pickup truck, Liz? Subaru. Uh, uh, Slowbaru. Yeah, nothing says like, you know, puppies and yeah. friend and earth and mm. all that stuff. Yeah. I've been in War a Subaru four times. I've had four Subarus. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Four, four Subarus. Yeah. And uh, if you're a Subaru owner out there, we just want to say hi to you tonight. Yeah. Uh, those commercials with the dog. Anybody yeah. seen that commercial with the dogs driving down the road? Yeah. And then the little dogs and the puppies going, weak, weak, weak. Yeah. Susan's like... You know, she hated the Forester. She's like, there's not, nothing to it. And all of a sudden, she sees that commercial. I really like those Foresters. Yeah. I'm like, she's ready to trade the Highlander in on a Forester <laughs> because some little puppy in the back went like that, you know? <laughs> so, well, we're glad uh-huh. to see everybody. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> that was car talk. For yeah, car talk, yeah. <laughs> click and clack. <laughs> yeah, I feel like a PBS talk, car talk. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to continue to talk about... What Jesus was creating, this mindset and perception of how we should think about how we should love. Mm-hmm. And we've been kind of locked in on uh, how we should see ourselves. Um, one of the things that I noticed about be, being a Southerner now, because I can't claim that, I've been here 36 years. Does that mean I'm a Southerner? Uh, I mean, it, uh, wait a minute, who's over there? No, no, they can't say What's they're, like they're, they're, squatter's rights? Is Southern. that what it's like? Like, once you stay longer in one place than you've been in another, yeah, does, does it work that way? I think they would call me a carpetbagger. <laughs> I, I, I think that I think that's Especially what I would be called. Carpetbagger. Carpet I guess as long as I talk like that, I'm not a Southerner. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But carpetbagger. Maybe they came up with that phrase and like when you were coming south, if you they stopped you, the police stopped you, they'll say, listen, we, we want you to read what that says. And it's like, Carpet bagger. You know, maybe that's all they was, was kind of smoke out the guys from Bostonians. Yeah. <laughs> Minuteman. Um, so uh, I've been here a while, but one of the things that I noticed that's in the South is billboards. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times on the billboards, it will say, especially from between here and Florida, about how Jesus saves. Mm-hmm. And it in the Bible Belt, that seems to be the most upfront idea about God. Mm -hmm. And then when I came to Christ, I was asked the question, was I saved? I wasn't asked other questions. I was asked if I was saved. Uh, So it it seems to be like a theme. And and what I find getting saved is like the most important question or the thing that was said about Christianity back then. Um, It got to the point where once people got saved, that they didn't ask any more questions. It was really, that's the question. I needed to answer it. Prayed the Romans road. And then I got saved. And that was pretty much the rest of it. Mm-hmm. All there was. 
But what we're going to find out tonight and continue to find out is that Jesus was trying to create something more than a saved mentality. Yes, we are saved through the redemption that we experience through the blood of Christ. But he wanted to create a culture or a mindset or a perception on how we should think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're going to be looking mm-hmm. at tonight. Um, so his personal culture and mindset flowed out of how he felt God felt about him. Now, I'm going to talk about Jesus and God as if they're two different people. I'm not calling into question the doctrine of the Trinity. I am just uh, talking about the historical second person, the Trinity and Jesus. And, you know, so I don't want anybody to get nervous that, wow, he seems to be talking about two different, that like Jesus isn't God. Mm-hmm. But Jesus's interaction uh, with God or God the Father. Um, but one of the things that we find is that he moved out of a posture of knowing who he was. Jesus was always very confident about it. And it seems to be the one thing that his society challenged him about the most. You know, everybody was saying, well, we're, we're Abraham's sons and who are you? And they were always questioning this sense of origin, this sense of who are you? And Jesus moved out of this strength of knowing. You don't mm-hmm. really see Jesus fighting over who he is. You know, I mean, yeah. people question it. They call him a devil. Um, they call him, you know, doing the work of Satan yeah. and all that stuff. But he only it, says, "What's the one? Th- who do people say I am?" Right. That, but that didn't mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he's not. <laughs> so that's not what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. He's not. He's not trying to find out. Hey, is this working, guys? <laughs> like, yeah, who do yeah. they say that I am? <laughs> no, I think he's. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get to that one question: Who do you say that I am? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. He could also be drawing us to the emphasis of who we say God is, what's God's name, who God is, is extremely important. Mm-hmm. We may have a gazillion other things that we want to say about Christianity, but who do you say that I am is really the paramount thing. So if that's the paramount thing, then it must be the message he feels he's communicating most clearly. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, are you guys getting this? This is what I want you to get. And it has something to do with who I am. So Jesus is very comfortable in who he is. Mm-hmm. He, he was beloved, as we're told in scripture. So he lived beloved. Um, I'm, my youngest daughter, as we all know her, Deanna. I mean, I, all my daughters were loved, but she was kind of like John. In John's <laughs> gospel, mm-hmm. he wrote about how I am, you know, the disciple that Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deanna had that sense about her or always has had that sense that she's she's like super special. Now, the other girls tease her about being a princess and all that. And now they're all grown up and it's kind of like now it's just a, a, a joke. But um, there was a sense of um, being beloved that she always communicated or she always lived in it. So she kind of danced around in it and she filmed herself and she took pictures and did dramas and did all this stuff. And, and she, but she was very comfortable in the fact that she was beloved by me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Jesus was beloved and he lived beloved. See, that's the thing. I don't think Christians live beloved as much. Why do you think that is? Well, I was thinking about that. Why is it so hard for us? Um, well, I think Jesus asks the question, 
who do you say that I am? Because um, I just think we have a hard time buying in to it. It sounds too wonderful. Um, we, we see God maybe in terms of just being this sovereign, and he is a sovereign, but we see him also as Lord, because remember, in the Bible Belt, lordship is a big deal, and it's a big deal. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from it. Um, but no, no pastor ever stood up there on a Sunday morning and pointed his finger in my face and said, do you know today that you're beloved of God? You know? <laughs> yeah. If you, yeah. You know, if you left here today and you didn't know you're beloved, you know, <laughs> nobody. It's like if you, if you didn't confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and that God rose him from the dead, mm -hmm. all true, all necessary, but it usually usually dropped like that. There were a lot mm -hmm. of things that I found dropped in my upbringing. Well, as a Catholic, there was a lot of things dropping. There was a lot of things that we were into that we didn't even know what the heck we were talking about. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. we were busy praying yeah. Our Father, Hail Mary's and acts of contrition. And, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, you mm -hmm. know, also with you, you know, and <laughs> all the other stuff that we yeah. were doing as Catholics. We missed the whole, that, Jesus, that we were beloved of God? No way. No yeah. way. That was, that was never communicated to me growing up. The only voice that ever spoke belovedness to me was my mother. Mm -hmm. But everything else was shock and awe. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was like Jesus was the victim of God, that Jesus himself was a victim, which yeah, is a theology, yeah. Yeah. Um, an incorrect one, that he was a, a victim of the wrath of God. Uh -huh. And it's like, no, he's not. He's not the victim of it. He satiated the uh, just penalty of broken law, but he freely gave of himself. He wasn't a victim of the Father, mm -hmm. you know? And, but that was always the idea that, was, that, that I was saved, but not beloved. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I, yeah. You were raised uh, Baptist? Yeah. And was it any easier as a Baptist? No. Yeah, you no. got saved. You got saved. Probably you got quicker. saved a lot. Yeah, yeah, and often. That's <laughs> and right. Often. Yeah, walking the aisle. Every time you date yeah. your girlfriend on oh, yeah. Friday, you're back yeah. to the aisle back on to the Sunday. Aisle. Yeah, go to camp, get a get a nice Jesus trip in there, yeah. come back next yeah. next Tuesday or next Wednesday night at youth group, everyone was back. Okay, this is terrible and you're gonna really be shocked that I even say this. But we used to know which girls you wanted to date because they were at the altar more often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, was that wrong? <laughs> but am I right? <laughs> was I right? But I'd be like, this one girl is at the altar a lot after the football games. It's like, uh, I'm sorry. But, all right, I'm sorry. Um, so one of the things Jesus did, he lived beloved. And um, so he was beloved. He lived beloved, but he didn't just stop there. He created beloved. Mm -hmm. He created those spaces. Uh, he wanted to give. He wanted to give birth to a way of beloved thinking uh, towards ourselves and in community. Mm -hmm. I think we normally miss this. Um, so he wants us to live with a sense of being beloved, and and some of us have a hard time doing that. Uh, we want to hold uh, certain things true about God in our minds, but fail to recognize some of the other things that are true about God. Mm -hmm. So what is all this beloved talk? Um, it's not a very manly thing, and I don't want to sound, well, I'm, I, I, yeah, I am sounding 62 years of age, but to, my dad would have never called me beloved. Matter of fact, my dad only told me he loved me uh, after he hit me. 
Um, really, I, I think, I don't know if he was feeling guilty or something, mm -hmm. but I didn't get a lot. And it wasn't until his later time in life, in the last 10 years of his life, where he really could develop the language of intimacy. And so beloved isn't exactly the language that, that a lot of us grew up. Did you, you and your dad are close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he, did you kiss your dad? I think... Yeah, yeah. It was one of those, yeah. Yeah. See, I, I got older, like maybe it's like teenager. Yeah, we had to kiss school. my dad. I mean, it, but it was kind of like an Italian thing. We had to kiss everybody's dad. Oh. Yeah. No, like when we had these on big the families. Oh, on the lips. Whoa. Yeah, we were Catholics. We kissed on the lips. Wow, look at she. Deb just shot up. Like, and she dropped her needle point. I mean, <laughs> knitting. Oh, that's a big difference. <laughs> that's how good we are. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Joe Rogan, watch out. Yeah, watch out. We're coming for you. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah. not, it wasn't any weird kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but when the local bishop would come, because whenever my family got together, Pop was like a patriarch of the local archdiocese. Mm -hmm. So the bishop and and would come to the house to the party. I mean, we all had my brother, my father had seven siblings, and they all had seven to eleven children. So it was just a big herd. I mean, mm -hmm. so we were supporting the archdiocese of Boston. <laughs> so, but uh, we'd have to kiss the bishop's ring. Oh yeah, yeah. And we'd have to kneel, genuflect in front of him, and kiss his ring. So there was no sense of belovedness. Um, yeah. so to talk as a man that I'm beloved by God is really difficult for me. Even mm -hmm. to this day, I have to force myself into that language. It doesn't, mm -hmm. it really doesn't come, but beloved means to be the object or center of someone's dream, someone's goal, someone's work and someone's life sacrifice. Mm. You can see how this doesn't happen often, does it? That you become the object a someone's goal. And mm. that, is, that is really a big thing. And when you hear the definition of it that way, um, it, is, it, it really is rare to find someone. I mean, like I, I, I know everybody here likes me, okay? Pretty much so. <laughs> maybe, you, you, maybe you like me kind of, sort of, but you're like, well, he's right 51% of the time. Mm. So we'll go with that, okay? But I wouldn't say that by, nor would I expect that I am beloved, meaning that the people who come to Crosstown, that I am the object of their dream, <laughs> <laughs> their goal, their work. I like how you leaned into the, the mic. Uh, yes, leaned in. <laughs> it, it, their life sacrifice. Um, and really, let me just say, I know these description words sound pretty intense, but if you're looking for a spouse... This is what you're looking for, mm -hmm. okay? You don't want to, you know, somebody that, well, he makes a lot of money or... Likes you kind of, sort of. Yeah. 51%. That's right. Or I think I can make a life work with them. Or yeah. this is, it's someone that becomes someone I'm willing, I want to work for. Somebody I want to sacrifice for. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Um, God wants us to realize that we're his beloved, that we are his life sacrifice. Didn't Jesus didn't just save us to save us. He called us to be something more. And we've put a lot of work into this idea of derived value. But, you know, God's not satisfied with that. Uh, like we talked on Sunday, that even though we kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, mm -hmm. and because they violated the principles of relationship, 
and they it needed to be dealt with, and some conditions cannot remain, that God follows them out of the garden and pursues them through history, right to us, mm-hmm. the seed of Adam, all the way through, um, is that we need to realize that God was not just satisfied for us to be his creation, and he wasn't just satisfied to be his image bearers or his mercy project. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. so read to us that what it says God's intention was in Ephesians one. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the kind intention of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In the beloved. We are called in the beloved. Not those who are going to heaven, not just forgiven, uh, not just saved, not just churchgoers. He calls us into the beloved. That's what, and, and I love it, is because we're not only beloved by God, but the reciprocal of us gathering is we are called the beloved, beloved. in the beloved. And that's where, and and this is a really good point to pick up. Is that anybody who thinks they can do just them and Jesus all by themselves, uh, maybe beloved of God, but they are they are not walking in the beloved. When Jesus comes back a second time, he's not coming back for people. He's coming back for the beloved. He's coming back for his bride, Mm -hmm. the collective, the church. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we're going to see as we talk about that there is a cascading awareness of belovedness. You may not catch it at first when you walk that aisle and you're confessing your sins and all that and, and you're, just, you're just saved. Mm-hmm. But you find that the more and more you step into it, all the way into there's a sense of belovedness that you discover in community that you don't discover by yourself. Mm-hmm. I think there are certain blessings that God withholds for us singularly that we experience collectively. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, whenever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I, I, I really believe that God is constantly stacking the amount of benefits that we experience here on planet Earth, the amount of heaven that comes to Earth, mm-hmm. as we walk closer and closer to the ideal that he had designed. Mm-hmm. So that there is a blessing that comes for being in the beloved mm-hmm. and walking with the beloved. Yeah, we talked about that in the spaces. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus is beloved of God so much so that we call him and God one. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit of the Trinity here, but uh, I don't want it to sound weird, but mm-hmm. um, it is such a relati- uh, beloved relationship when it comes to Jesus and the Father or Jesus and God, however we want to talk about it tonight that the line of separateness seems to disappear. When he says, me and my father are one, mm-hmm. and then we also get this idea that, they're two, that they are two persons, but yet Jesus talks about them in a oneness of unity. And when that's in this, this whole perspective, idea of separate persons, one in being. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how can you do that? How can you be separate persons but one in being? Mm -hmm. And I think we don't understand that mystery, not because we're not smart enough so much to understand it, but because we don't understand that kind of intimacy. 
we don't understand that kind of what to be totally beloved enough mm-hmm. that so much so that the distinction between the two persons is so dissolved because of unity that um, the, the two become one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think we understand love with someone so much where the veil is broken down between us, where we become to become one. And that was the intention of God with Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. is that the two shall become one. It's the idea that the veil should be broken between them and they become so close, so beloved to each other that, you know, when you see Dave, you see Pat, you mm-hmm. know? And it really kind of has worked out that way, hasn't it? It does. I mean, it, it has. They, they are. Yeah. I, I mean, they are. Yeah. I mean, it's like they have just kind of like, merged into yeah. a, a goo a franklin a, Frank- a franklin <laughs> goo <laughs> uh, <laughs> how long have you guys been married Fifty years. 50 years and years? two weeks wow. wow wow that's amazing but 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 i i really do think it's the issue is that um we are so guarded in our loving that that line always remains mm-hmm does she make me happy? Do I make her happy? Or I don't understand her. She doesn't understand me. And, and we allow that veil of, of separation to remain. Mm-hmm. And we never experience what it is to be beloved. And when couples work hard to, to express belovedness and live in that belovedness and give belovedness, like Jesus is beloved and created belovedness, then that line begins to break down. Mm-hmm. And it's almost you can't find out where the one begins and the other one uh, begins. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're talking to Susan, you're almost talking to you. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think, again, the veil is torn when Jesus is crucified, is that the veil between us and him is broken down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're told between Jew and Gentile, it's broken down. The enmity, the law, the, the differences between us and God, that they were broken down. Um, but I don't think... Everybody takes advantage of what that language is meaning, is that some people just still remain saved. Mm-hmm. They don't go to that point of discovering the intimacy that leads to the belovedness that was intended. Mm-hmm. Let's see, if a veil is broken, what does that imply? You go through it. Go through it, exactly. <laughs> if a door is open, yeah. you go through it. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we're just, too, we're just satisfied with the door being open. Yeah. And the veil being torn. Oh, I can see it from here. It's like, well, that wasn't for you to stay where you are. It was to move into mm-hmm. closeness. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'll tell you what, when a wife feels beloved, there's no way another dude can wiggle in there. I mean, seriously, I, when, when, when a wife feels totally beloved by her husband, I don't care what the other dude looks like. And, mm-hmm. and I mentioned Piers Brosnan last week a lot and I was teasing you guys about Susan uh, wanted me to look like Piers Brosnan and dress like Piers Brosnan and (laughs) smell like Piers Brosnan Um, and I didn't think she was watching and it turns out she was watching so when she I literally I I joked about her wanting the uh, DVDs of Remington Steel from Amazon I was just joking about it she stood at the stairs as I came home she said so can I get those on Amazon you know and I was just joking but but when a wife feels beloved no other man 
can come between mm-hmm. that couple. Jesus loves out of being beloved. He welcomes us to being beloved, and we become in the beloved. Mm-hmm. So when you think about what's the church supposed, what's the vision of the church? I think, I'm, I think it's kind of being spoken to us. Mm-hmm. You are what you're called. And it's like, well, what does Jesus call the church? The beloved. The beloved. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're called to be. And that's how we're supposed to relate with mm-hmm. people. Um, it is like a fragrance. I don't know. Uh, we just talked about this yesterday, too, by the way. Did we? No, I'm sorry. My iPad's low on battery. No, 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 no. Oh, no, Cheeto that's okay. Dust all over it. It's got what? Cheeto, Cheeto dust. Cheeto dust. Oh. Um, <laughs> but so I'm just trying to catch my place. Yeah, I got it. We talk yeah. about a fragrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone may say to you that you smell good mm-hmm. and ask about the fragrance. So mm-hmm. I don't want to let any personal secrets out here, but yeah, I mean, so what fragrance does Kelly wear? Um, I believe it is, it is called Escada Magnetism. <laughs> Boom. Escada. Sounds like Escada. something I should have a E-S-C-A-D-A. Yeah. Escada. Can I, would you like some Escada on your salad, sir? <laughs> but it's hers. It smells great. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anybody else here want to give us this, the secret? On, uh, what's the fragrance of, of choice? Anybody? And Axe body, body... Axe Body Spray. We heard body a lot of that. Body Spray does not qualify. <laughs> I'm thinking the gentleman with the hat in the back might be an Axe Body Spray guy. <laughs> or are you... Uh, what was that Irish one? Irish Spring? Oh, man, I used Irish to Springs. slap Irish oh, yeah. Spring. I used to go get my dad's Aqua Velva. Aqua Velva. I remember Before I'd go on a date. And I'd be like... Then I'd like open my shirt and put it under my arms. Man, if you do it too fast after the shower, though, it's stuff Always burn. Yeah. 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 <laughs> They'll get you a little buzz, too. Oh, it was. <laughs> At least back then, it's they like still it. had alcohol oh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> High karate. High karate. Oh, yeah. Then they I've would freeze frame one. stop it at the last moment, you uh-huh. know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> i never heard of that. Yeah. High karate was really good. Um, Try to guess what mine is. What, what's your favorite? Try to guess. Okay. Um, you don't look. You'll never guess. You don't, <laughs> you don't strike me as a Ralph Lauren guy. No. Um, no. Uh, Old Spice. Uh, old Spice? <laughs> old Spice? No. No, okay. Um, I'm thinking it's something that should have the word Metro in it. <laughs> Lumberjack. 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 Ron Swanson. No. Number six. Charles Bronson. Yeah. Uh, what, what is it? Usher. Usher. Ooh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, that's, um, yeah that's what I Susan wear. is a Chanel number five girl. Hmm. I'm telling you what, yeah, it's a. I, I didn't think fragrances were all that big of a deal, but when she started wearing Chanel, and I have forbid her to wear it to work. I mean, it's like, <laughs> please do not wear this, you know. But it, um, yeah, fragrance is, is yeah. a really powerful thing. Yeah. Well, my point is, is that people become acquainted with your fragrance. Mm-hmm. Like when one of my son-in-laws, Matt, when he stays over the house, he's got a fragrance that he wears that. It's, it stinks because he'll be over the house, which I love. I love uh-huh. Matt hanging around. And, uh, but he wears a, a fragrance. Well, then when they leave, I'll decide I'll spread it out on the couch and watch a movie. And I'll uh-huh. pick the pillow and I'll pick it up. And, and I'll be like, <laughs> and I'll be like <laughs> big a, face a, a good piece of Matt right there. you know, big face full of Matt. A face full of Matt. <laughs> and we, but the fragrance will be in there. Yeah. And so I can pick him out. You know, oh, yeah. he, if I didn't even see him walk into the room. Yeah. But he, here's the thing is... Um, 
they know they'll they'll say some things like, um, "Oh, that's a really nice smell. I like that. Or that's a really nice fragrance." Then they will go to the place where they will say, "You smell nice," because the fragrance and the person begin to melt. Mm -hmm. You know, so that Susan will say she wouldn't say that I wear polo blue, whatever it is, mm -hmm. but she's just like that's Paul's fragrance. Mm -hmm. And so when my kids jump on on the bed, how old am I? <laughs> I'm, no, when my kids used to jump on the bed, <laughs> when I was a younger dad, they would smell my pillows. And they liked it because it smelled like dad. Mm -hmm. So there's a point when the fragrance becomes the person and the yeah. person becomes the fragrance. And that line between the two is, is, is broken down. My point is this, is that Jesus says, yes, I am the beloved of the Father, but the more time you spend with me, the fragrance of beloved, beloved rubs off on you. Meaning that the closer you get to God, the fragrance of God, people begin to pick it up. Mm -hmm. And to the point that people, when they, you know, um, the Apostle Paul says something that sounds very radical. And it's when he says, um, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure if I could make that boast to say, hey, dude, you don't understand Christianity. You don't understand God. Well, just follow me mm -hmm. as I follow Christ. Paul was so confident that the fragrance of Christ was now his fragrance that if you followed him, you would find Christ. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so if you're a kid, I mean, a parent, and you want your kids to discover the Lord, uh, then wear the fragrance of the Lord. Live in belovedness. Yeah. You know, cherish your belovedness with God. Live in belovedness and create belovedness. And they will fall in love with you. Now, they, think it's, they think it's your fragrance. Mm -hmm. and then they find out when they turn 35, 40 years of age, it's like all this time, what I loved about my mother was I loved about Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and this yeah. is going to sound like a terrible illustration, but over the years that I've been a pastor, there have been a handful of times where someone of the opposite sex would feel an attraction to me. Mm. Okay. Mm. Wasn't the hair, yeah. you know, wasn't any of that that did it. <laughs> and, um, and I understood that. And it's like, well, what happened is that maybe that person was, desiring of somebody, and if you name it, it's like, well, the way that you love your wife, the way that you care for your children, the way that you protect your friends, the way that you speak truth, the way you speak mercy, I want that in my life. And I'll be like, so let me just free you up. You're not having feelings for me. You're having feelings for Christ in me. Mm -hmm. It's like you're in love with the idea of Christ, but you just see it in me. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that keeps me from getting a big head, but also it is the reality. You know, nobody's fallen in love with, with my hazel green eyes. It's, it's um, the fragrance of Christ in your life. But it really is, if you want somebody to fall in love with God, then bring the fragrance of God to them. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is through belovedness. Mm -hmm. Cre live in belovedness, create in belovedness. Create spaces of belovedness. Mm -hmm. So... Um, uh, so regardless of what others say, regardless of what mistakes you've made, whatever you think about you, you need to realize that you are beloved 
and even hell can't take that away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, there is a beautiful passage in the Old Testament that talks beloved. Yeah. I love it because God's kind of a poet, and at times, and He writes these things that are really, really intimate. Would you mm-hmm. read to us out of Deuteronomy thirty-two? For the Lord's portion is His people, Jacob, His allotted heritage. He found him in a desert land and in the howling waste of the wilderness. He encircled him. He cared for him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. I mean, what a beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. Um, this reference to Jacob is not just to one man, but Jacob representing the family of God, that we are his portion. Now, we are his portion is a beautiful phrase. It's kind of like if things were being divvied up on planet Earth and... Uh, you said, uh, well, I, I want to have the mountains. Uh, God would be, okay, you can have the mountains. Say, okay, I, I want to have the sky. Okay, you can have sky. Another one would say, I want technology. Okay, you can have technology. It's like, I want the oceans. Okay, you can have the oceans. And then they'd stop and would say, well, God, aren't you, what do you want? And God would say, I want you. Mm-hmm. That we are his portion. This, that's the part of the universe that he wants, mm-hmm. is that he wants us. Um, he encircles us. He cares for us. Mm-hmm. But I think the, I, I love the part that it's best. It says that he keeps us in the apple of his eye. Mm-hmm. And I talked about this a couple times, uh, the uh, idea of the apple of the eye, but I actually have the illustration. And I think, Brian, is this the best camera to show it? Yes. Yeah, that's the best one there. Um, this is... This is um, the apple of the eye. Now, uh, the Hebrew word f- f- that we have translated apple of his eye is Eshon. And it literally is translated little man of the eye. Hmm. Now, this picture here, this eye, is the eye of my granddaughter, Ireland. Okay? And it was her first birthday. If you look real close into this image, you'll see me wearing a blue shirt holding a camera. Can you see it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sitting um, uh, Native American style in, in, in there. I, is that the right way to say that now? <laughs> uh, but, uh, crisscross applesauce okay. is what the kids say oh, nowadays. Is that what they say yeah. now? Crisscross applesauce. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> it's, uh, but if you look in her eye, yeah. she sees me. And so... What the Hebrew is communicating when he says that he keeps us in the apple of his eye is that he is, um, we're the little man on his retina. You know, it's like when you look in God's eye, you're going to see you. And we are kept in the apple of his eye. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you express intimacy, desire, longing, portion, um, encircling. I mean, as the eye is, is uh, circular. And uh, what a beautiful picture. Most yeah. of us don't see ourselves as the apple of God's eye mm-hmm. uh, in, in this way. Mm-hmm. And that is always happening. You don't move out of that either. No. It's not like when you have your bad sin week or your bad sin day or you have your, a series of bad weeks that you move out of the apple of God's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's maybe you, you lose sight of yourself in that eye, but God has not lost sight of us. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is the power of being beloved. So you always have the image 
in God's eye. You feel, God, it's like God would say to me, you feel my view, you feel my desire, you feel my focus, you are in the beloved. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, I don't know. I think, don't you think churches would be a little bit bigger if we preach like that? Oh, of course. Yeah. Why don't you think we do that? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, we've heard this, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. And it was profound yeah. to see that and to think about that literal Hebrew meaning of it. Yeah. How it actually would be read and how it actually we're supposed to think about it. I, I yeah. think as a pastor, and I don't know, uh, Tim, you've pastored, you know, and um, I, I think we, get, we have to make sure that everybody's rightly placed. And it's like, well, you can't tell everybody they're beloved because it could be homosexual. There could be sinners in here. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, but, well, like, you know, it's like, and I, I think we, like, have to make sure, wait a minute, let's get him baptized first. <laughs> make sure we baptize him yeah. in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we've got to make sure we do it all right. And then we've got to make sure they understand they signed the covenant agreement with the church. And we make sure they understand that tithing is very important. Uh, and we make that almost as important as getting saved itself. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> preach on it five times a, a year. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't think we, the idea of like, well, you can't tell them they're beloved because you can't control them. Yeah. Um, or you can't excuse their behavior. Um, but nothing's more attractive than that kind of wanting to be a part of that. Yeah. Even to an unbeliever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and nothing compels me to want to change my behavior. Yeah. I didn't get saved because I was afraid of hell. Yeah. I was never, I, I, God's honest truth, I have never been afraid of hell. The thought that I would die and go to hell, it's like, never was afraid of hell. Mm-hmm. And I thought the idea of choosing God because of hell, I thought that was so shrewd yeah. and ungodly. And I wasn't even a Christian. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't want to be chosen by a woman yeah, I had to marry you because otherwise I was going to hell. You know? I was like, I don't want that kind of relationship. Why would I think God wanted that kind of relationship? Yeah. yeah. The idea of, of being in the beloved was very attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And that was something that my mother communicated to me. Mm-hmm. Not that I always was within the beloved, but I always felt the wooing of the Holy Spirit drawing me um, into that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So how about you? Was, was it presented to you? No, I think in the type of place that we grew up in, in that denomination, there was a lot of more of uh, you've been left behind. I wish we all been ready. Yeah. That kind of, I remember that movie oh, yeah, and yeah. that song, yeah. you know, the guy, yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, it was one of those things. It was, you're always checking to make sure. Right. That you, I remember being, I remember I wouldn't play a game, any sports and it's played sports year round where I felt like there was sin in my life because then if I did, I wasn't going to have a good game. Wow. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like that kind of, but that was instilled as a theology incorrectly into my head. Yeah. Um, and, and just because of what the environment was. Yeah. Uh, around, and it wasn't because of necessarily home environment, just I think it being a part of that kind of encompassing at school mm. and at church and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was, I do remember that. It wasn't necessarily, I wouldn't say until probably later on, it became a wooing yeah. of love, not 
not duty on my part. I mean, because look at with with the COVID and all that, mm-hmm. is that what compels people into action? The fear of the end coming. I mean, we got people out there with um, gas, trying yeah. to get gas because we're going to run out of gas. Yeah. So now we got people, moms and pops in their 60s and 70s, you know, who couldn't move, you know, five days ago. Now they're out there with... 10 gallon gas tank, throw them in the back, yeah. go, 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 you know, and, and it's like, what, yeah. what can about because of the fear of the end? Yeah. Uh, fear of uh, tribulation, you yeah, know, yeah. fear of the rapture. You don't want to be left behind when the Lord comes and gets his bride. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Brian, you got a question? Uh, Kelly just said, uh, I yeah. also think some people see meekness, humility, and being beloved as conflicting ideals. What do you think about that? See, meek, see, repeat it one more time so I can repeat it back. Some people see, Some people see. meekness, humility, humility, and being beloved. Some um, people see meekness, humility, and being beloved as, as conflicting, conflicting ideals. It's conflicting ideals. What do you think about that? I mean, conflicting with what? I mean, with each other. With things, each other. With each other? Yeah. With meekness being, yeah. I, I, I would see them as almost almost synonymous mm-hmm. um, meekness because you got to allow yourself to be loved and um, and meekness also would mean to me that you're very approachable is I see that as opposed to be intimidating you're a very mm-hmm. intimidating individual and it's like well that's that's the antithesis of belovedness so I think with being meek being meek and uh, there's an approachability with that so um, I would say with Kelly that these are not attributes that I think the world esteems. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of men standing on the mountaintop of, and yelling, you know, um, I'm beloved. <laughs> yeah. it, it's, just, yeah. it's just not valued. Yeah. We don't realize the power that it has in the human soul. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's really, what are your thoughts with yeah, that? What, go she, ahead, Brian. She's uh, pointing out the attributes of uh, feeling special or set apart as, um, as being in the contrast of meekness and humility. Oh, feeling, did you hear that? Mm-mm. Feeling special. <laughs> I feel special. I do. I, feel special. Like, I have, like, I guess, like a hottiness. Yeah, we'll have to yeah. work out this mechanism yeah, we'll, next we'll week. Get it, we'll get it worked, we'll get it all we'll get worked, it worked out. out. Well, then you answer the question. Repeat it one more time. I'm, I'm trying to okay. memorize this it. This is on him. Saying this it. is him. Yeah. Here we go. So uh, I think that some people see meekness or humility mm-hmm. in being beloved or as in being special or set apart as conflicting ideals. See meekness and being beloved as conflicting ideals. So the the idea yeah. of being special or feeling special and set apart is kind of like a uh, oh, yes, I'm 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 really uh, yeah an elite yeah. kind of thing. I'm I'm set apart, and so that's not being you uh, like being meek about things oh. or being humble about something. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's a different thing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was it's no. That would mean that. Uh, that, that's a misunderstanding of what meekness and humble is. Yeah. It, it is. That's not a lack of identity. It is the clarity of identity. Mm-hmm. Is that everything else has been stripped away. All the vanity has been stripped away. Now, in humility, you have clarity of identity, not the loss of identity. Mm. Meekness mm-hmm. isn't, the, isn't the loss of personhood. Yeah. It is uh, the refinement of, of personhood. I mean, that's why Jesus is 
all those things, meek and humble. Mm -hmm. um, it's like nothing sticks to him other than belovedness. So, yeah, I think it's because of our concepts of what meekness and humbleness are. And then seeing beloved as, whoa, you're special. You're, you're Deanna. You get the camera. You're going to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I, I don't see them as uh, meekness is a lack of identity. Um, it is just that we don't have anything else that sticks to us. It's, I, I think you're in the best positions to be beloved when you are meek and humble. Mm -hmm. Because nothing else really matters to you. You don't care what the crowd says. I don't think Jesus cares what Herod says or what the devil has to offer. Why? Because it's like, like there's no, the Velcro can't stick because the other hooks aren't on you. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, that, yeah. is that what, what yeah, you Yeah, that's what, yeah. Yeah, once I understood what she was asking. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the things I would just, I wanted to read to you was, is this is going to be fascinating because it comes to us from Martin Luther King Jr., um, most of us see the life of Martin Luther King as uh, it pertains to civil liberties and racial equality. But one of the things that he did that's different than what we're experiencing today in our culture, in our, um, what would you say, critical uh, theory? Yeah, critical theory of yeah, the world. Of yeah. all the different kind of critical theories that are out there, is one of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. did that kind of connected the vision of equality with a biblical paradigm was that he was not look he was not only looking for equality for one people he was looking for equality for all people mm -hmm. and he didn't feel the need to tear down or destroy um, a certain people group in order to rise up another people group mm -hmm. um, he was looking not only to the amendment of law you know because we want law to do everything for us mm -hmm. Uh, but rather, he was looking for what he called miracles in the hearts of men. That's a direct quote. Mm -hmm. A term that he used in his writing to create what he was seeking to create, the beloved community. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. listen, listen to what he said. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's amazing. Love is creative and redemptive. Love builds up and unites. Hate tears down and destroys the aftermath of the fight with fire method is bitterness and chaos. The aftermath of the love method is reconciliation and the creation of the beloved community. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, now, mm -hmm. if we would apply this in our moment of how we're trying to solve race issues, mm -hmm. we've gone a totally different direction. Yeah, and uh, we're attacking the patriarchy. We're attacking, you know, uh, white supremacy. We're attacking, you know, anything like male. If we're attacking uh, binary identification, mm -hmm. uh, heteros. I mean, we're just attacking it, it all. And that the only way that we're going to make community is by destroying, burning it all to the ground, mm -hmm. as some organizations have said. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that Martin Luther King. Said so that doesn't work. That that only produces chaos and destroys. Um, that yeah. the mission of God is not to tear things down, but rather through the miracle in the hearts of men to create beloved community. Mm -hmm. You can't legislate beloved community, but that's what we're trying to do in America. We're trying to legislate, and what was going to happen is we're going to legislate a different people group out of it. <laughs> yeah, we're just. Yeah. It, it, yeah. that's why. I, when people think, well, where do you stand on race? Well, I stand 
I stand where, you know, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. stood. And as I, re I really believe that his approach to it was the biblical way. Mm -hmm. um, listen to what else he said. He said, physical force can repress, restrain, coerce, destroy, but it cannot create and organize anything permanent. Only love can do that. Yes, love, which means understanding, creativity, redemptive, goodwill, even for one's enemies. Golly, Martin Luther King Jr. was good. Yeah. Sounds a lot like um, the Bible. Sounds all very much <laughs> like the Bible. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a soul that has been woken up right. to equality mm -hmm. God's way, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. uh, but the destructive methodology, now moving from, from maybe a race dialogue, but now talking about our own personal relationships, is that the way that you create beloved community is to create these spaces that are safe for people, mm -hmm. where people are allowed to be different, where, people, where we're tolerant, even though we may not be in agreement with them, that we value them mm -hmm. and they feel safe and beloved. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it because it's a really reflection of the heart of God. Uh, God wants you and I to live in a fragrance of love. He wants us to live in a community that is called beloved, whether it's a church or at um, home. You know, I was, do you ever go through rough times with your wife? Not like rough times, like it's all falling apart, but oh, yeah, no. where you're just not in sync. Yeah. And there are times when that happens with me and Susan. And we just like, we don't say hi at the same time the right way. We don't wave at the same time. Or I was standing at the door and I waved and you didn't see me. And <laughs> I hate you. Uh, no, no really. But you know where yeah. it's like, oh, you hung up before you kissed me, you know, because we always blow kisses yeah. to each other. And it's like, well, you didn't blow a kiss. And it's like, you get out of sync. You just don't. I have found that almost all the time, all I got to ask myself is, does Susan feel beloved? Mm -hmm. And what do you have to do right now? What can you do to communicate that she's beloved? So I got on the phone today and it's like, thinking about you, I miss you, mm -hmm. love you, boom. Then I got hearts back and, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll bake you a ribeye when you get home or Ooh, something la like la. that. Yeah. Um, and, and so if we are intentional about being beloved, I think everything else kind of works out. Mm -hmm. um, so... So let me restate to you. We read that thing from out of Deuteronomy about Jacob being his portion. About I, I rewrote it, and we'll close with this. And I know you can get really nervous with me re saying I'm rewriting scripture, but I'm not asking you to make any theological decision or life decision based upon this. I just rewrote it in terms that were less Old Testament. And, and let me, if you're listening today, uh, if you're here today, um, just let this kind of flow over you. I wrote it in a way that it would speak to me mm -hmm. uh, or maybe speak to my wife or, or to my children. So this is God speaking to you and I. If I won the universe, I would consider you my only prize. You are my most valuable treasure, and I'm proud to be a part of who you are. I found you in a dry and needy time, harassed by loss and failure, empty and thrown aside by others. 
I surrounded you, I have cared for you, and I will keep you as my most precious love. Nothing will stop my delight and cherishing of you. I can't stop looking at you with wonder. Um, it's almost hard to believe that, that God would say something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything in there that's unbiblical. Like, you know, um, I think all of that is biblical words and biblical concept. I think we just need to let that drop into us. And then if I live in that and I, I know who I am like Jesus did and I live in that beloved, I will begin to create in that beloved. So I know that other people around me need to feel that right there. What do they need from me? Mm-hmm. What, what do other people, they go, so, well, they need answers, Paul. They need that. It's like, no, what do they need? It's like they need to feel beloved. And how do I communicate that? Mm-hmm. And that everything that I do should, should uh, communicate that value. Mm-hmm. And then creating that kind of space. Yeah. You know? Safe space. Yeah. Probably the safest. Right. When, you, when you're in that kind of, kind of like aura. Yeah. Or, and, and that's... That's that scene with Jesus and the woman caught in the act of mm-hmm. adultery. Mm-hmm. She was never more safe, um, even with all the men with rocks in their hand, than mm-hmm. she was in the presence of Jesus. Yeah. And as she heard the thud of all the rocks dropping mm-hmm. and found herself alone with Jesus, and then Jesus says, we're all your accusers and are gone. And he says, neither do I accuse you or mm-hmm. condemn you. Go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, really? Mm-hmm. That's it? It's like, yeah, that's it. I think I'm going to write a song about this. It's going to be called Safe. Wow. <laughs> that's not bad. Why, no, is I already wrote it. Yeah. already <laughs> wrote it. <laughs> wow, that's good. Plug, Crosstown Worship. Yes. For- that's <laughs> so as we close yeah. out, let me, let's ask a couple questions. Have you felt truly beloved by someone? Um, and... Uh, have you wished you were beloved by a particular person? And what are you doing to cultivate a beloved relationship? Mm. I mean, it's like, I know you're married, I'm married. Um, maybe people are dating. That's a good thing, too. I mm. mean, it's because if you're dating somebody who does not express belovedness now, uh, you know, yeah. it's hard to, yeah. hard to grow that in year seven. <laughs> And you're 13, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It really yeah, is. I mean, sure. so it's to find out, okay, to, if a guy cannot explain to you what beloved is, you might not want to be dating him. Mm-hmm. I just think you're kind of cute, like a summer flower on a juniper tree. You know, it's like, well, that's good, but can you tell me, am I your beloved? I don't know what that is. Uh, it's like, okay. I'll give you a couple days to look it up and you come back and tell me whether or not that's, is that where we're heading here? I think that's mm-hmm. a really, do your kids feel beloved? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you got to get them through high school. Yeah, I know you got to get them to college. I know you got to do all, all the things. You got to position them to succeed. Right. Okay. But are you doing it without them knowing that they're beloved? That would be really terrible, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. To send somebody off to college who didn't know they were beloved. Yeah. And then you get a phone call and you're figuring out why is he 
smoking so much weed and why is she hanging out with so many guys? And it's like, well, they had such a great education. You know, yeah. well, did they feel beloved? Mm-hmm. That's why Jesus didn't have to go hunting for it. Why did Jesus not have to marry? Well, one of the things about marriage is that it's not good for man to be alone. Well, God, Jesus was so close to his father in belovedness, there was no human relationship that could, that could simulate that. Hmm. So he didn't need that. Hmm. Um, so another wow. thing is, um, is are you in the beloved? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, are you moving in community? We're starting up small groups starting, in, uh, I think, at the beginning of June. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of groups that we were really pleased to yeah, see people that wanted to do small groups. Um, you say, well, I don't want to do a small group. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be. And, and I'm right there with you. I mean, if it was just me, the Bible, and Jesus, and my wife, and a 70-foot fishing boat. And some land. And some land. Yeah. On the water. Yeah. That'd be all I need. That's right. You know? Um, (laughs) But one of the things I've discovered that is when I'm I'm in a beloved community, it really does help me stay focused. Yeah. It's kind of like he designed it that way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He does. (laughs) Absolutely. And there's only a benefit that comes when you design... The yeah. funny thing is, is the more that I'm on CNN and Fox News, I'm in, I'm in the camp of the, the culture in rage, right. the more I feel worse about myself. For sure. And unsafe, unsure, and, and I bring it home to Susan. The more I'm yeah. into these media outlets. Yeah, I 100% with you. Because I'm not, I'm not fellowshipping with the beloved. But when, mm-hmm. I go to a, when I go to a Bible study, when I go to a prayer time, when I'm hanging out with people in a small group, yeah, there's there's something happens there, mm-hmm. and it's like, and it doesn't have to be like, what did you learn today? You know, like, well, we learned about the you know, transubstantiation or whatever it is. Like, um, no, no, not you might just come home and feel like, I, you know, we didn't go into much, but I just felt beloved. Mm-hmm. It's like I think that's yeah. a good day. How many guys have you? Seen? I know for I've seen, just from like Josh's group and yeah. Stacy's group that all. Those women and those guys operate differently yeah. than people that don't. Absolutely. I, I don't understand it, how yeah. it's, why it's designed that way, but yeah. it, it is, what's he, what's he say when he comes, and I think it's in Matthew 28, which, that you'll be one as we are one. Yeah. That the unity is very important to him. That the veil will break mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were in a church where everybody's like, okay, we're saved, and here we are, but we're, we're afraid of each other. Yeah. Um, That's why it's so... Even during the pandemic, when we were just getting together, it just felt different. Yeah, just because it was like you were saying, it when two or three are there. Yeah, I'm I'm there differently than when it's just you on your couch. And I'm a whole believer because yeah. I was like, woohoo! And there was diligent. There was we, you know, we really didn't know. Yeah, and I was kind of <laughs> like cool, jazzed about it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was like, well, I'm going to finish my career out on camera. <laughs> Man, I won't even have to talk to people. It's like, this is amazing. Shoot this on Thursday? This. Yeah. We're just... All I got to do is get the notes right. And it's like, yeah. man, I wouldn't have to yeah. argue with anybody. I wouldn't have to pray with anybody. I wouldn't have to visit anybody in the hospital. I'll just kind of just be on TV. And then yeah. when they said, we're coming back together. I'm like, oh. And, and until, yeah. until, and I'm just being honest, until we got back together and it was like, oh, this is different. Oh, there yeah. really is a presence. There really is power in the beloved. Yeah, and and part of it is mystical, some of it's psych- psychological. But that God created that psychology. Mm-hmm. Some of it's sociological. God created that sociology. Yeah, He's o- always was calling a people, 
a people, a mm -hmm. people together in a garden, in a, in, you know, a temple where it was always about bringing people closer, closer to each other and closer mm -hmm. to him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so join a small group. We're not doing it just uh, because we got people who are bored. It's no, we got people who want to express belovedness to people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. A lot of good ones too. Brian, you got anything else, bud? No, nothing except for uh, Kelly okay. talking about how sweet you are dropping a sandwich off her when oh, yeah, she didn't dropped have her, lunch. Yeah, she was just she saying, felt beloved. Yeah. What did yeah. you do? It's one of those things, you know, like um, like you were talking with Susan. She was she said she was hungry. Yeah, and uh, I had a full sub that I had purchased, and it was I was looking forward to the full sub. Yeah, but she was hungry. Wow, so you gave so her the I, whole sub? I, I, no, I gave her half. Oh, you <laughs> held something back no, for yourself. I couldn't, yeah, no, no. They <laughs> are that? one. They were, she they got they the were bub, but not yeah. the sub. We were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I took it to her at work, and, that was, and it just, yeah, that's what she was saying. Yeah, okay, guys, I want to tell you something my wife did. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I've got these cancer spots. I'm getting cut off in uh, uh, June, and... Uh, I was really, you know, I didn't like the big old bandage on there. So she, yeah. she hunted these down and even was cutting, so cutting sweet. them to make them smaller mm -hmm. for me and um, put them in a nice little baggie right there. And it's like, okay, I put, I put together all your, I'm like, I mean, I'm serious. I was like, yeah. I mean, I must have you now, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it, yeah, it borderline Don Sexy. Oh, yeah. Just I mean, really. And it's like, well, what, is, what do you mean borderline? It was better than sexy. Yeah. And I know some people want what's better than sexy. I would have to say beloved. Yeah. She I mean, I really think beloved is, yeah. is like, you really, you went and cut these things out, put them in a baggie for me. Mm -hmm. you, I mean, I think a lot of ladies would have thrown a box of Band-Aids at me and say, stop being so vain. <laughs> You know, just put a Band-Aid on it. You know, you moron. I told you to stay out of the sun. Yeah. You put that 50 on, you know. My wife could have done all those. Oh, yeah, not yeah. that women talk like that. No, that was uh, not okay. a, That was not Send a, all your letters to Ricky at CrosstownChurch.com. <laughs> yeah. I was raised in Boston. Yeah. They talk like that in Boston. Okay, yeah. I mean, a little bit. What do you think, Denise? A little bit like that? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> The frozen chosen. Fro yes. Yeah, frozen. I've heard that. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Why don't you oh, leave some prayer before yeah. I mess up? Yeah. Yeah. More. <laughs> Father, thank you that you have just loved us so much, and that you have, through Jesus, allowed us to be in the beloved. And I pray that we could just let that settle in. That you have, you have, loved us with such a great love that we were called sons and daughters of the living God. God, thank you for how you've designed this. Thank you for how you've, in community, you bring this more and more to life. And I pray that we would each look at the areas of our, the circles that are surrounding us, um, whether it be at work or at home, here at the church, where we can create these types of environments because of what you have, um, because you've done it for us first. Be with us as we go this week. Protect us. It's for your beautiful name we pray. Amen. Yeah, and if, and if any of you are wondering, my, my granddaughter looks like Mike Wazowski. Mm -hmm. She's got this giant big eye. Yeah. You know, I'm always watching you. She's beautiful. You know, so. She's beautiful. <laughs> she got a, what, she got a 91? 
on the on yeah, the she got right. the highest on score, score last yeah. Week here. yeah which we you debunked by the way i had to tell him what you, you did you did the face you did a just a oh i made a face i made a face yeah and scored and high. scored higher than your regular face right right <laughs> and not it was That's a face really like it was, it was like, my, yeah it was something like that yeah what does that say about my regular face? I know. I don't know. I'd be. <laughs> That's not nice. Well, I'm not nice. No, no, no. no. Nice. Well, I don't feel very beloved right yeah. now, Ricky. <laughs> well, Turn have it a... off. Turn it <laughs> off. Cut. <laughs> have a great weekend, buddy.